We're going to keep talking about uh, our series here, Fanning into Flame, based on 2 Timothy. And today's lesson, it just comes from one verse. Actually, it's just one sentence that I have just been reflecting on for about a week and a half now. Uh, in chapter 2, verse 1 of 2 Timothy, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Just that one sentence. Be strong in the grace. I thought and thought, what does that mean? Be strong in the grace. Not be strong with grace. Not even be strong in grace. But be strong in the grace. Paul then, he, he goes after he tells Timothy this, he goes into all of these different examples and he's, you know, encouraging Timothy to persevere and to be diligent. And he talks about a soldier and, uh, and he talks about a farmer and, and, and a warrior and all of these different things, you know, and athletes. He, he's talking about all these things to illustrate perseverance. Because we know that, that, you know, Timothy is like a son to Paul and Paul is his mentor and he, he's been, you know, really working with Timothy, and he writes him this letter, and he doesn't just give him things about how to lead a church and how to be an evangelist. He's also giving him very personal things for him as an individual, for him as a disciple, what he's going to need. And we can learn a lot from these individual things, this insight that Paul is trying to give to, uh, to, to Timothy. And he says, be strong in the grace. This is very similar to what Paul pointed out to the church in Ephesus in chapter 6, verse 10 of that book. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you've got be strong in the Lord and be strong in the grace, which is from the Lord. Very similar. And I thought about this, and I know it can, it can be taken two ways, and we're going to talk about both of them, because even in the... The, the grammar of, 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 of the Greek, it's not really clear exactly which way Paul was referring to it, although I've got my own preferences, which I'll share here. But it could be, be full of grace yourself, or it could be strengthened by the grace you have received. And I want to look at both of these today, and to help us to be strong in the grace. Because when I look at Paul and I realize, man... This had to be an incredible time for, for Timothy and for Paul because Paul knew he needed something to encourage and inspire him. And this is what he gave him. So let's look at this first one. Be strong in showing grace yourself. Be full of grace in your life. Now, the bulletin article today uh, talks about several ways that we can be strong in grace towards one another and dealing with one another. We're talking about forgiveness, of course, and then being patient with one another, and, and all of these type of things. I want to focus just for a, a moment this morning just in, in showing grace through our words, in speaking. And I want to read several verses to you this morning that really talk about this. And I want you to think about what these verses say. Now, the first one even mentions it specifically. It's Colossians chapter 4, uh, verse 6, which says, Let your conversation be always Full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So even in that verse, he talks about your conversation, full of grace. In Hebrews chapter 10, 
verses 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider, let us think about how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. Encourage one another. And more and more, as you see the day approaching. This is not a new message for the book of Hebrews. In chapter 3, verse 13, he said, Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. So to my knowledge, today is still called today. So he says, Encourage one another daily. Why? So that no one will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In Ephesians Chapter 4, verse 29, Phyllis used to have this verse plastered all over our house when our kids were growing up. She would write it on the mirrors and the door frames of the homes like in the Bible. Is it? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, so that it may benefit those who listen. This is a constant theme. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Just as, in fact, you're doing. And then uh, Romans 15, verse 12. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. What if we did this? What if we did this and only this? We only focused on this. Spurring one another on. Encouraging one another. Building one another up. Nothing else is allowed. What if we did that? What if we just focused on what can I do to build up? All that criticism would be taken out. All those little attitudes, all of those, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. I mean, you really think about it, who cares, right? I wouldn't have done it that way. On the other hand, I wasn't the man in the carpeted office making the decision, therefore it doesn't really matter how I would have done it. So why even bring it up? You know, this dawned on me uh, at the the, uh, REACH conference, and I noticed how myself and and our family kind of got into a critical mode of some of the things that happened at the REACH conference. On the other hand, dealing with 18,000 plus people, you know, I was shocked they did not do everything the way I would have done it. <laughs> but you know what? Nobody asked my opinion on any of it. And you know what? They did a pretty awesome job. They did a pretty awesome job. I don't need to be critical. I just need to encourage, build up. The fact that they volunteered to do that alone. Because I know of other churches that said, nope, 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 we ain't taking that one. You want it, run with it. I want to encourage us to do this today in our fellowship. And we're done with services. I'm going to try to remind us at the end of the lesson. But to say, you know what? Nothing else is allowed in our fellowship. But to spur one another on. Encourage one another. And build one another up. Even if I'm talking to Papa Kirsch about football, I'm going to encourage him, spur him on, and build him up. (laughs) I know, but it's in the Bible. And I'm called to be strong in the grace.
Be strong in the grace and share that grace with others. Now, the second one, though, the second way we can take that phrase, you then, my son, be strong in the grace, is being strengthened by the grace you have. And this is the one that hits me the most. And it might be because, you know, of Larry's class, uh, you know, on Leviticus, and those of you who are coming to that, you know, uh, uh, that guy over there, Mark, yeah. I hate it when you just blank, you know. But Mark mentioned before, you know, you hear that and you hear the class and you go, holy smoke, I'm so glad that we're not under that system. Right? I need grace. I would be toast without it. If that was what I have to do to be perfect, I'll not, we'll never make it, which is what God's trying to show us all along. You're never going to make it. You need grace. And that class has just really been bringing this out. And so this was the one, this is the point that it's been hitting me the most because of, of the class and the different things like that uh, all coming together. But how does the grace of God affect you spiritually? Now, I'm not talking about your forgiveness or your salvation. Certainly the grace of God brings us those things. I'm talking about emotional spirituality. How does it make you feel? spiritually see many of us we think our spirituality is affected by by other things like how much bible i read or how much bible i know or how much prayer time or how sincere or even how emotional as neil brought up uh, our prayer times and that's great stuff matter of fact I, I i can't figure out how you can really be spiritual without those things i hear sometimes people say well i hadn't been in my bible read my bible in months but you don't tell me I'm not being spiritual. I'm going, I don't know how you do that. I, 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 I don't understand it. If I'm not in God's word or if I'm not in prayer, how can I be spiritual? A lot of us think that that's what it is. But I think much of our spirituality is affected by how deeply and emotionally, how strong we are in God's grace. Now, I'm not thinking about, I'm not saying how much God grace gives. God's going to give the grace. I can't affect that. I'm talking about how I really understand it and how much I really internalize and grasp it. And it is reflected in my life. Now, Paul points this out, not to Timothy, but to Titus, another one of his uh, uh, disciples, a guy that he's been training up and working with in the ministry, and he's sending him out there, and he's an evangelist, and he's... Uh, cranking, and so in Titus, he's on the Isle of Crete, and he's doing all kinds of things, and in chapter 2 there, beginning in verse 14, Paul is telling us, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, amen, we love that part, verse 12, he says, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the peering of the glory of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave us up for us, uh, gave Himself up for us to redeem us from all wickedness, and to purify uh, uh, for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. He says the grace of God teaches us to not only say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. It teaches us to live self-controlled lives. It teaches us to live upright lives. It teaches us to live godly lives in this present age. 
See, a lot of times we just look at grace as an antidote for sin. An antidote for ungodliness and worldly passion. It's there to help me when I fall. It's there to bring me the forgiveness of my sins. And all of that is true. But what Paul's really saying here, and I think what he means by be strong in the grace, is this thing that he talks about. Grace really, if we understand it, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to worldly passions. It actually will lead us to less sin. And therefore, thus needing less grace. Grace teaches us to say no to ungodly, not teaches us to say, hey, why not be ungodly? I got grace. The grace of Jesus, you know, you've heard of cause and effect. This is kind of an effect and a cause. (laughs) The effect of the grace causes us to say no. Causes us. Not, I can sin because I have grace. And if you know you're in sin, like Larry's class this morning, and we, we, you know, we paused and we talked a bit about even relationships in one another, but there's a lot of different areas of sin. Yes, there's certainly areas of relationships, and I got things against one another. There's other things. There's secret sin that people carry around. If I know that, and I feel, well, I've been forgiven by grace, well, well, Maybe, I mean, there is the whole Hebrews 10, 26 that talks about deliberately keeping on sinning, then no sacrifices left. But if it, you know, I've got forgiveness, I've got grace. If that does not motivate you to repent, if that does not motivate you to get right, then you just don't get it. You don't respect the grace. You're not strong. In the grace, not like what God, I think Paul is really trying to teach us here. We don't really get the purpose of what grace is, not just forgiveness. It's to teach me to say no. It's to teach me to live self-controlled, upright, a godly life. My strength to fight against sin comes not in my self-discipline, but in my understanding and gratitude for God's grace. We do many things to stay away from sin, right? We do many things to overcome sin. We we confess it. That's a great thing. We are open to accountability, and oftentimes we'll ask other people, hold me accountable, ask me about this. We try to keep ourselves away from tempting situations. Uh, and, And all of those things are good and right and helpful. But how much do we really reflect on God's grace to us, to help us overcome sin. To think about where we've come from. To think about what we've been saved from. Where we would be without God in our lives. I'm not talking the flippant, oh boy, I'd be be, be in bad shape without God. I'm talking about really thinking about it. Really being honest. Where would I be? What would I be doing? Some of you would be doing time. (laughs) what would I be doing without God how often do you take this kind of inventory when we lived in Boston some of our dear friends uh, John and Kathy John led our chemical recovery program and he was one of my best friends and in a D group we spent a lot of time together and in this chemical recovery thing 
part of what they do is they write a journal. And in this journal, they list, to the best of their knowledge, every single time they used whatever it was that they were addicted to. Every time they used. And what were the consequences? What, were the, what happened? What were the circumstances? And what were the consequences? And then how did they feel about it? And to get a passing journal, you had to read that journal to the group and then never, ever, I don't know, I went through the program twice sponsoring people. Phyllis went through it a few times sponsoring people. Never saw anybody pass first time. Because all the other people in the group would always find something and you go, oh, yeah, yeah. I made that sound a whole lot better than it was. Get down to the reality of what was it really, really like in your life. And they go through and they go through and they go through and they go sometimes every four, five, six times going through this journal. And then you get a passing journal. But what impressed me so much about John is that every Sunday since, he has a quiet time by reading his journal. Now, he's been clean decades. But he has a quiet time reading, this is what God has saved me from. This is what the grace of God has brought me from. And if not for the grace of God, this would be my life right now. It would still be happening. And I'm so inspired by him because his gratitude for what he has been saved from keeps him clean and keeps him righteous, keeps him self-disciplined. And it took him a while to dig down to really determine all that God had been gracious to him. Because we all like to think of ourselves better than we really are. Now, none of us is so stupid that we think we're perfect. So we say, I did this and this and that. But, you know, it, it took him a while to really get down to say, this is really John Hall minus God. How ugly it was. But he took it and turned it into something wonderful because of the grace of God. And it did teach him to say, no, that's what I'm talking about. Being strong in the grace. Communion is a perfect time to reflect on God's grace. Who I am. What I deserve versus what I have received. And you know what? Then communion becomes a positive thing. Communion becomes an inspiring thing. It becomes a time of celebration. Because I'm strong in the grace. I feel too often many of us, we're not strong in the grace, we're strong in the guilt. And our minds are clouded with what we don't have, or what we may have done, or what we may have lost. Maybe how others have hurt us or mistreated us. Maybe how life is so unfair. Or maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum. I, I, I wrestle more with the other stuff. How awesome things are. How great I am. I'm serving God. God's doing great things. Instead of understanding what we've really been saved from. And who we really are without God. But then you realize, but the grace of God, I'm not anymore. To really see God's grace, to be strong in the grace, it will totally change how you live. Paul knew that living the Christian life was going to be hard. And it was only going to get harder. He wrote this letter, this 2 Timothy, fully anticipating dying before getting out of prison. 
being executed because he was a Christian. And he knew Timothy, the chances were pretty good he was going to meet a similar fate. And so he says, Tim, I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you. I want to inspire you. What is he telling? So Timothy, stay close to God. Have great quiet times. Timothy, keep, make sure your prayer life is strong. Make sure you got plenty of brothers around you to strengthen you, encourage you, say encouraging words to you. Oh, none of those things are bad. Those are great. But what he told him was, Timothy, be strong in the grace. Remember God's grace to you. Live strengthened by what God has done for you. Not by your own efforts. Not by your own works. Now, we're not in that situation, right? We're not Paul in prison, right? We, we don't have Nero <laughs> being the emperor and killing off people. We live in a country that we are free to worship any God we want to in any way we want to. And that is true. On the other hand, we are told by some members of our country that you cannot talk about that God or that religion anywhere except your home or in this building. Okay? I've been told and kicked out of malls for sharing my faith in the mall. Can't do that. I've had kids told, don't bring that Bible to school. You can't bring your Bible to school. But you say it's free reading time. This is what I want to read. You can read, but not that book. We are told by some that you can't express your faith. And in the light of that persecution, I hear Paul say, you then, my son, be strong in the grace. Don't let it get you down. Don't let it slow you down. And to really grasp this point, because I believe if we can really, really grasp this, it will change your life. It'll change how you live. It'll change how you see people. It'll change how you see the world. It'll change how you treat people. And I was thinking about this, and I thought about this scene from a movie that I'm going to show you here in just a second. I couldn't believe it. When I looked it up, this movie came out 18 years ago. Saving Private Ryan. Now, in this movie, Captain Miller, or Tom Hanks, he and a group of people go behind enemy lines in World War II to try to find this fella, Private Ryan, and they're wanting to save him. And the clip we're going to see is at the end of the movie when Captain Miller gives his life to save Private Ryan. And we're going to see the result and we'll have the effect that it had on him. Bob, if we're ready, let's go ahead and, uh, and show this clip. with you, I, I wasn't sure how I'd feel coming back here. 
every day I think about what you said to me that day on the bridge. I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes, I've earned what all of you have done for me. James? Captain John H. Miller. The beginning of that clip didn't actually get shown. You show the scene where Captain Miller was dying. And he pulls Private Ryan into him and he says, earn this. And then he dies. And that's what Private Ryan was referring to when he says, I thought every day of my life about what you said to me on that bridge. And I've tried the best I could to live the best life I could. Now, I know we can't earn God's grace. Truth is, Private Ryan didn't earn it either. It had already happened. The men who saved him had already died before he lived his, got to live the rest of his life. It, it wasn't that he was going to earn it. What he was saying was, see what was given for you and live that life, the best life you can. Let it teach you to say no to ungodliness, to live self-discipline. To live an upright life. And that scene at the end where it just shows the cross and he's saluting Captain Miller. And I think, I wonder how many of us would just salute Jesus. Salute the cross. You did it for me. You gave your life for me. That is being strong in the grace. That is how grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Every day we think what Jesus has done for us. That he gave his life so that we could live. What will you do with that life? I want to encourage you. Be strong in the grace that has been given for each one of us. I also want to remind you in our fellowship, be strong in showing that grace to one another.
Amen.